Uh, we're going to open our Bibles uh, to the book of Psalms, and we're going to look at one of my favorite Psalms, and if you have been a part of our church for uh, any length of time, you've probably heard me speak on this Psalm before, although I looked into my archives, and I think that the last time I spoke on this Psalm to the whole church was the fall of 2018, so it's been a minute, but Psalm number one. Psalm number one. This psalm came to mind uh, this morning. Um, obviously, we talked about uh, Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath, and we, we discussed at length the relationship of the believer and the law. And uh, we looked at Christ's view of the law and his understanding of the law and, and some of the heart behind the law. And Christ uses David as an example of law-keeping, or uh, law-understanding at least. Um, Now we're going to look at David and what he thought about the law. And uh, you probably know that Psalm 1 serves uh, as an introduction to the Psalms. When the Psalms were compiled, uh, they thought Psalm 1 and 2 would be a great way to introduce the entire book of Psalms, which is a book, it's a song book, especially for Israel, as it was originally compiled for, a song book that we can sing along to as Christians. So let's read together. Some of you could probably quote this. We'll read Psalm 1, and uh, we'll, we'll see what David has to say about God's law. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this reminder from the Psalms that we'll look at briefly Uh, about the value of your word, and specifically as David writes about the value of your law. Would you help us to think deeply? Would you help us to apply these truths richly to our lives by the power of your Holy Spirit? Would we have a high regard for your word and for your law? And would we uh, glean from it who you are, what you expect of us, and how we can live lives that bring glory to you? pray in Jesus' name, amen. David starts off this psalm with an important word, blessed or blessed. And this word, uh, both in Hebrew and in the Greek, obviously two different words, but in Jewish culture, certainly connected, is one that you'll see recurring. This idea of blessedness is a recurring theme through Scripture. And really, the idea of blessedness in your Bible is the idea of satisfaction or completion or you might even say 
happiness, fulfillment. So David here, he wants to show you the key to happiness. Of course, we get a lot of blesseds in the Bible, and you probably, your mind immediately probably jumps to the Beatitudes, where Jesus uh, expounds to us what the blessed man does and receives. But here, uh, David is going to tell us how to be happy, how to be satisfied, how to find fulfillment. And really, ultimately, everybody in the world is just trying to be happy. Everybody. And you could think about, you know, a billionaire, real estate mogul turned president of the United States. He is trying to be happy. And a person who goes to the farthest, darkest reaches of the world taking the gospel in their hands to people who've never heard, really, they're just trying to be happy. And everybody in between and everybody out there is just pursuing satisfaction, fulfillment, happiness. The question is, how do we find it? Who is the blessed man? Scripture offers many answers, but I think what David's going to offer us is a, is a foundational answer to that question. What does it take to be blessed? What does it take to be happy? What does it take to be satisfied and fulfilled? And David will state it first negatively and then positively. So look back at verse 1. He says, Blessed, happy, fulfilled, satisfied, is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. David, through this psalm, is encouraging us to think about where we get our counsel from. Whose voice are we listening to? Whose voice informs the way we think and the way that we speak and what we do? Because those who are unblessed listen to the ungodly. They listen to sinners. They listen to the scorners, the naysayers, the unbelievers. There are so many voices that are speaking to you. And possibly now in an age of information, more voices than have ever been speaking to you. They're on the radio. They're on your social media. They're on the news. You fill in the blank. They're speaking to you through the movies and television and music that's being put out all the time. And there are many voices offering you counsel. David says that if you want to be blessed, the first step is to say no to the counsel of the ungodly. And David describes a progression. Notice this, the, uh, the posture of the person who is heeding this counsel. First, look back at verse 1, he's walking in their way. Next, he's standing in that way. And finally, he's sitting in the seat. The person who listens to the counsel of the ungodly will gradually be shifted from casual encounters walking in the way to taking their position. We've talked for the last few weeks about 
the nature of allowing ungodly friends to influence our lives and hearts and attitudes and the fact that you will always end up being with the people who are your friends. You will, you will end up being like them. You will be changed into their image. And Scripture says that again and again and again, if you place yourself under the counsel of the ungodly, guess what will happen? Well, you'll be just like them. You'll be just like them. Coming out of a Christian high school, it was kind of interesting to watch, and I've mentioned this before, and this has been a, a lesson for me, uh, and one that I've tried to share with people. It's interesting to watch all of us coming out of a Christian high school, we've all had the same instruction. We all have the same doctrinal foundation. And you kind of watch as people pick one of two roads. They pick the way of the ungodly or they choose to follow after God. And you could watch how it started with the counsel they listened to. And that turned into the way they went and ultimately the seat that they sat in. David says, blessedness comes first by saying no to the, to the counsel of the ungodly. Well, what is the alternative? Because everybody, in some sense, is ungodly. How many righteous are there? None. No, not one. There's nobody righteous. So whose counsel can I listen to? Who, who can lead me to the blessedness of a life that pleases God? Look at verse 2. But instead, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Again, David is speaking specifically of the law because to David, the law was the Scriptures. Uh, probably most of what was existent at this time that David is writing of Scriptures would have been the law. Of course, we are blessed to have the whole counsel of the Word of God. And those of you who have spent time uh, being informed and changed and shaped by the counsel of the Word of God, you would probably know that the truths of these verses apply to the entire counsel of God's Word. You would know that from experience. David says, instead of heeding the counsel of the ungodly and standing in their way and eventually sitting in their seat, the alternative is to delight in and meditate on God's Word. Those are the two choices. If it's not from God's Word, you're listening to the ungodly. If it doesn't align with God's Word, it is against God. God's Word is the measure of truth. Everything that is true must come into alignment with what God has revealed. So let's talk about these two words. Delight and meditate. What delights you? As a youth pastor, uh, I often tried to hint to my teens what it was that delights me. And one thing that delights me is Reese's peanut butter cups. My wife does not understand because she is from Australia, and Australia didn't have George Washington Carver, who popularized the use of peanut butter in America because of the need to rotate crops. And if you don't know anything about that, there's lots of great resources. You can go read about the guy. Um, but because of that, peanut butter is very popular here. And uh, a man named Mr. Reese decided to put it into a candy. And I'm sure you know the story. 
that when Mr. Reese invented the Reese's Cup, he worked for Mr. Hershey. And he went to Mr. Hershey and, and he said, Mr. Hershey, I'm working on this new candy. I think it's going to be the next best thing. Mr. Hershey said, I don't have time with that. Research and development is working on something much bigger. Onion-flavored ice cream. <laughs> That's not a joke. You can go read about it. <laughs> so what did Mr. Reese do? He believed so much in it that he went and he started his own company that would eventually be bought back by Hershey's for, I don't remember the figure, a lot of money. I love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I think they're great. And I tell you what, when, when I take that chocolate cup out of that little paper piece of paper that it sits in, the word is delight. It delights me. I'm like happy about it when I have it in my hands and I want more. Honestly, it's a problem and I have to keep them out of my house. I have to keep them out of my house. I hinted it to my teens because I wanted them to like give them to me like as a gift. I don't mention it as a senior pastor hardly ever because I do not need, do not give me Reese's Cups. I, I do not need them. I do not need them. Delight, okay? You know what it means to delight in something, and you know the things that delight you. David says that the blessed man, his delight is in God's Word. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Sometimes it feels difficult to find that delight. And I know that sometimes, and there are periods in life where your time in God's Word might feel like a chore. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just trying to be honest. I think we all kind of know what that feels like when spending time in God's Word feels like a job we have to do. But what I, I think many of you know from experience is that as you, as you have gone through life and experienced challenges and questions you needed answers to, and decisions that you needed wisdom to make, you have found how valuable God's Word truly is. And it is those times of trouble and indecision that drive us back to delight in God's Word. When we recognize the value that it has. I'm sure I've shared this before. I can't keep track of when I share things. Um, I remember like the first time I really, really experienced this was I was a teenager. I was probably in ninth or 10th grade. Pastor Roland, obviously at that time, serving as our senior pastor, he challenged the teens to, he basically said, if you don't have a consistent time in God's Word, just read the proverb of the day. Okay, there's 31 proverbs. There's up to 31 days in a month. You know, the Proverbs 31 woman is not getting enough attention in this plan because a lot of days don't have 31 a lot of months don't have 31 days, but he basically said, just read a proverb a day. And this is at the beginning of a summer, and I decided, I committed myself that I would do it through the summer. And I will tell you, I wasn't perfectly consistent, but I was reading the Proverbs pretty much every day that summer. What I found is by the end of that summer, when I went back to school and I kind of shifted my, my devotional time onto other things, I found that as I faced um, decisions, difficult situations, peer pressure, this or that, Proverbs would come to my mind. Like I would remember something that I had read and it applied to what I was dealing with. And that was like exciting. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do here because I read it in God's Word. And 
I think that was the first time that I really began to feel that delight in the law of the Lord. I know the Proverbs isn't law, but I think I've already mentioned that this idea or these principles, they seem to apply to all of Scripture. So delight in, and then David says another word that you have to separate it from the cultural and other religious understandings of this word, and this word is meditate. Meditate. Meditation scripturally is not the practice of clearing your mind, which is what New Age would encourage you to do. It's what Buddhism would encourage you to do. Just try to empty your mind. That is not what meditate is talking about in Scripture. Actually, meditate in Scripture is talking about filling your mind. It's taking the time to think deeply about what God has said. We talked at length this morning about um, the principle or the idea of Sabbath, which is a rest with intention, a rest with the intention to draw near to God. And you know what happens when we rest and we draw near to God in His Word? We meditate on it. We think deeply about it. It has often been taught, and I think this is true, that the word behind this word translated meditate is related to the idea of a cow that chews the cud, or an animal that chews the cud, not necessarily a cow. It's related to the idea of rumination. Uh, I've seen this happen. Uh, I have never lived on a dairy farm, haven't spent that much time with dairy cows, but I remember I was on a missions trip and we were working on this job. We were repainting the guide wires for this um, radio tower. And this radio tower for this Christian radio station uh, was right in the middle of a cow field. So we're out there with the cows. And my job was, I'm not going to get into it, but I had to hold a rope for hours. Okay, I'm holding this rope. It's very important to hold the rope. So I can't move. And I'm out there with the cows. And there's one cow that was pretty close. And during the course of that time, I watched that cow do some interesting things. First of all, and I've said this to farmers, and they, some of them are like, I've never seen that. I watched this cow drink its own milk, which you can tell me that's not possible. I watched it happen. I don't know. The other thing I saw, the other thing I witnessed, the other thing I witnessed was I watched this cow chew the cud. It stuck its head way out, and this lump came up. And it chewed the food up the second time because cows have a four-chambered stomach and then swallowed it back down, which was, by the way, disgusting. And the, <laughs> and the sound that it made was disgusting, okay? Uh, I won't try to replicate that for you. But the idea is that this cow is... Cows eat grass. If you ate grass, you would die because you can't get the nutrients you need out of grass. The cow has to eat the grass four times to get the nutrients that it needs out of the grass. It chews it, it chews it, it chews it, it swallows it. It brings it back up, it chews it, it chews it, it chews it, it swallows it. With God's Word, we're not meant to just you know, read it and then move on with our life. We're meant to take it with us and chew it over and chew it over and chew it over and come back to it and chew it over and chew it over and chew it over until God speaks to us, until the Holy Spirit convicts our hearts, until God shows us truth from his word. David says that blessedness comes from delighting in and meditating on the law of God. We don't have enough time to talk deeply about the rest of the passage. The rest of this psalm, and I'm sure we'll circle back to it. I like this psalm too much. We'll circle back to it 
I'm sure, not, in not too long. But the rest of this psalm, verses 3-6, through six, will talk about the results for the blessed man. The one who delights in and meditates on God's Word. He grows. He is firm. Like a, like a tree that's planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And then the last portion of this psalm compares the growing, steadfast, blessed believer with those who fail to do this. With the ungodly. They're like the chaff that the winds drive away that will not stand in the judgment. And their way shall perish. Again, we could speak deeply about what those things mean. I, I don't want to keep you here all night. I, we could talk about this for a while. But really, it's just saying that blessedness leads to growth and faithfulness. And the blessedness that's found in pursuing God and His Word and delighting in it and meditating on it. But those who fail to pursue after God in this way, they'll be blown away like the chaff. Um, I know you probably may not know what chaff is. That's okay. They'll just be blown away. Okay, they'll just be blown away. So the challenge to me is, like we talked this morning about God's law. What value does it have? It has great value. Delight in it. Meditate on it. And on the whole counsel of God's Word. And I think you'll see the difference. This is just um, something that was in my mind uh, as, as I was preparing the message for this morning. I thought I would share it this evening. Let's thank God for our time in His Word and then uh, we'll move into our annual meeting. Father, we are thankful for Your law. We're also thankful for the whole counsel of Your Word. Father, would You help us to be people of the book? Would you help us to find delight in the truth of your word? Would you help us to meditate on it, to think deeply about it, to take it with us as we go? Lord, through your word, would you bring blessing and blessedness? Would we be people who stand firm, people who grow to be more like Christ, and people who can stand confidently in the righteousness that we find in Christ through your word? Father, now as we move into our uh, annual business meeting, would you bless with the things that are done and said, bring glory to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.